This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide. Hello, Chris Evans here. Thank you for downloading this special edition of our podcast. To hear more guests each week, make sure you listen to the best of The Breakfast Show every Sunday at 10 on Virgin Radio. But right now, Dapper Dave, it's over to you. Between them, our next guests have more iconic cinematic moments than you've had hot dinners. Their new crime caper, The Gentleman, is out on New Year's Day and there really is no better way to start your year. Please welcome the finest transatlantic couple since Harry and Meghan. It's Hugh Grant and Matthew McConaughey. (laughs) Who's Harry and Meghan? (laughs) Who's Harry and Meghan, for heaven's sake? You are having a laugh, aren't you? <laughs> Prince Harry and Princess oh, yes, Meghan. Wouldn't you know? Uh, so, when when Harry met Sally, when when did she meet Matthew? Well, we that's what's so absurd. We, we passed each other on a Chinese golf course <laughs> yes. ten years ago, as one does. What, in China? Yes, in yes. China. Both rather disgracefully. We'd, I'd gone there for money to play golf. <laughs> I'm very ashamed. I don't know why Matthew was there. I'm sure he wouldn't do such a terrible thing. Oh, no. And... Uh, Anyway, that, and, and I think one other time in L.A., we sort of nodded at each other. Yeah. And we, we, yeah, here we are promoting a film, and we really don't know each other at all. This morning is okay. by far the most time we've spent together yet. Mm-hmm. Right, what a film. Seriously, gentlemen, I know you're here, but I'm not blowing smoke up where the sun don't shine. Well, I sort of am, but it's justified. I couldn't wait to see this film, because I love Guy. I know Guy. I couldn't wait to, wait to see him, uh, to see the film. Um, but I was my expectations were so high. It was a bit dangerous, you know, that situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but w- what a wonderful movie. Um, let's talk about the characters. Let's, first of all, let's talk about Hugh's story of how the heck you happen to be in this. There's serendipity and then there's some bloke falling off his bike and you helping him to his feet and then Guy Ritchie being on the next bike behind. Yeah, it was a very odd story. I was just off to get married one day <laughs> and I was crossing the road and a man falls off his bike in front of me and I said, oh, I thought, well, poor old poor chap, I helped him up. Turned out it was uh, Guy Ritchie's assistant and Guy was on the bicycle behind. He said, sorry, Hugh, thanks for picking you up. He's always falling off. And we dusted him off. And then Guy said, oh, by the way, Hugh, um, there's a script I want to send you. Sends me this script. And I I rang him back. I said, I can't possibly do that. And he said, no, I think you can. And uh, I was foolish enough to believe him because it is a bit of a stretch. It's I thought, you know, after decades of sounding like I sound in films, people would just laugh me off the screen this that was my worry okay but i've got to tell you 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 might steal the picture i don't know if i can say that with, with Matthew the plum yeah does. yes unbelievable isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah be, okay so tell us about your character then matthew and i will tell everybody else how good you are in it and you don't have to listen well i mean the joke was the joke for guy asking me to do this was that i play a private investigator working for a tabloid newspaper and obviously you know i've been ranty about that stuff for years and uh, i got that joke and uh, that's who I am, and he's really seedy and uh, and uh, sinister and blackmails everyone and utterly two-faced, utterly repellent. Uh, but he he serves, in a way, as a kind of narrator of the story as, yeah. as well. He's a sort of structural device. And um, I have to say, in the end, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Even his leather jacket is seedy. Yes. His look is seedy. Yes, yeah. it's, it's ox-blood like red. Is, yeah, his paunch is seedy. 
How dare you? His lank hair is seedy. <laughs> his spectacles are yeah. seedy. There's nothing. His delayed not... blinks oh, are seedy. Oh, how seedy is that, Matthew? Yes. <laughs> is there anything seedier? I don't yeah. think so. If there is, I don't want it. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking. That, uh, this is what I think. Okay, you're the actor, but this is what I think. I'm thinking. There's a bit of Gary Oldman in there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if actors like this or not, but I don't care. Uh, there's a bit of Gary Oldman in there. There's a lot of Ben Kingsley in Sexy Beast in there. Mm, maybe. Yeah. yeah. And there's uh, there's there's a, a little there's there's a lingering tribute, a, a sort of visceral, ethereal tribute to Michael Caine in there somewhere as well. Well, none of those things are remotely deliberate. <laughs> what I actually did was a lot of the these CD private investigators who used to hack my phone and other phones like mine. I, I've got to know them now over the years. They've actually come over from the other side right. and now uh, help me and hacked off. And so I had lunch with some of them, and uh, I, I did draw some inspiration from them, but I can't say that I drew inspiration from any of those marvellous models you've just Well, said. it doesn't matter. I mean, that's what I saw. I saw that's what I heard. Yeah. I actually was waiting for you to appear on screen, and I suddenly, then I realised, oh, my goodness me, that's him. That is him. Yeah. What do you think, Matthew? Yeah, well, I have, we haven't seen Hugh Grant like this before. And uh, I was telling them last night, you know, you see someone who you have an expectation of, and they come on screen sometimes. Sometimes it can take a viewer a minute, five minutes, ten minutes, a half hour, an hour, or never to come around to seeing them as that character. You, you, you buy him immediately on screen the first thing yeah you you it, after a few minutes is when you say wait a minute is that you not that you and do i believe in the character you believe who the character is right right away and then later you go gosh damn that's you well, that's, that's high praise that's it's high praise matthew mcgonagher is a proper actor i mean well he's one know. of one of those what are they called those academy things D yeah he did it's win one a of those, oscar one of those. let's not forget that how many people have you acted opposite that have won oscars <laughs> Well, a lot. No, I know, I know. I'm saying that. How, are we into double figures yet? Meryl Streep, yeah, you know, I know, half I woman, know. half Oscar. I know. Yeah. I know. How does it feel? Well, always terrifying. I don't think you're in a scene together. In no, the you're, not. Right? you're not. Are you? Yet, no. No. So, so you don't. You don't. When did you first meet? Properly. China. No, China doesn't count. Well, I mean, this, this morning. morning. You were passing like <laughs> chips in the night. Yeah. This morning. This morning. No, last night. You must have met last night. You just said last night. Yeah, I mean, we took pictures together. We didn't. We didn't talk. And how's it going? Very badly. Yeah. <laughs> Instant we, we antipathy. It, we make it to he's fantastic, this guy, Matthew McConaughey. He's a, he's a fantastic human being. Yes, and I kept saying to Guy, because I, I shot my whole bit of this film in a, in a couple of weeks, and I kept saying, how was Matthew McConaughey? Because I think you'd been shot out by then. And he raved and raved. <laughs> Apparently you were always in his trailer. Drinking Always whiskey, having a laugh, a lunch, yeah, and lobsters and teas. He's and funny, such. isn't he? And there's oh, so he's a trip, man. there's so much of guy in this film. Isn't oh, yeah. it? you can hear him. You know the fact that you go shooting. Uh, you think <laughs> the barbecue. The barbecue is his barbecue. The table. He invented, oh, yes. that's you... his table. And those tables are for sale. I'm sure they are. Mm. And um, the 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 law of the land, which is in the opening scenes, that's his pub. But that. He does have a pub called The Law of the Land. Have yep. you been to it yet? We'll be there tomorrow. We're doing a press junket there, yeah. Okay, because the food is unbelievable. Okay. But that's not the actual pub, is it, the one you use in the movie? No, no I don't think... Not. No, it's not. No, it's, it's, not. it's definitely not. Okay, so tell, tell us how you got to be in a Guy Ritchie movie, Matthew McConaughey. Guy Ritchie sent me a script. It was a short script. It was one of the uh, original <laughs> versions. Um, and it just immediately, to me, was like, okay, if I'm going to work with Guy Ritchie, this is the type of world i want to work with guy ritchie from lock stock and snatch and uh 
um, rock and roller. So I said, um, and I talked to him, and he, you could tell he was very loose with what it was. It was a bit of a fable, but he could tell he was open to saying, you know, we're, we're going to work on it, and do you want to play? And um, I did. You did play, and you absolutely love it. And how about Michelle Dockery, who you're married to? Congratulations. Outstanding, Congratulations man. on being married to her. Yes, right? Yeah. Well, oh, what a talent she is, man. I think And she, she stepped right yeah. in. Oh, she really I mean, did. I mean, come yeah, on. Man. But everybody's brilliant in this. Guy gets everybody to be brilliant. That's yeah. what he does. How does he do that? Well, look, I'll say this about, about working with Guy. I've never worked with someone like him before. And what I mean by that is... <laughs> you had a lot to say, so I want to hear how you how you dealt with this. Yeah. Um, an actor goes away and works on their scene. Yeah, especially if you have a lot to say, you work. You, you work. It's a dialogue heavy. Dialogue heavy Big movie. Time. Yeah. Your, yeah. Some of yours are massive. Your yeah. monologues. Yeah. yeah, he's telling the whole story. Shakespearean. Almost. Yeah. So with guy though, and guy wrote what you're working on, what you're preparing for, but then the morning of, he always like say, "Well, let's hear it," and he hears it. And he's listening like he's listening to it for the first time. And all of a sudden, he's like, oh, jeez, who wrote that? And I'm like, well, you did. And he's like, oh, we've got to change that. <laughs> and then he'll, he'll start improvising. He'll, he'll listen to the music and find the meter. And it's maddening because you go, you just changed my entire scene, every bit of dialogue. But about five minutes later, you kind of recognize, usually, that what he's coming up with in the moment, for me anyway, was better. Yeah, and you can tell that as, as a viewer when you watch it. It is such an in-the-moment film. All his films are. Uh, Hugh, um, your take on the same Well, thing. yeah, the, the, he does change stuff, but equally because he's lovely and fluid, I, I, he lets actors change stuff too, which is something I love yeah. doing. Um, you know, I've got always three or four alternative lines scribbled in the margin, yeah. and I like to start throwing them in on takes four, five, and six. And, uh, you know... It, I have had directors before who said, no, 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 dear, let's stick to the text. But he loves it. <laughs> and uh, so that worked very well from my point of view. Did he call you ladies? Not yet. <laughs> when, we're at lunch, he often, ladies. when we're at lunch, sometimes he says, ladies, this has gone too far. Ladies, this is going in the wrong direction. But this is called gentlemen, isn't it, bizarrely? Old girl. Yeah. yeah. And the working titles that I've got written down here, um, Tough Guys and Bush. I mean, the, the production company's Tough Guys, isn't it? It's Tough Guys Production. But were they former titles of this film? Do you know this or not? Yeah, well, along the way, it was, it was always Tough Guys, I believe. And then I know Bush came across... Um, because it's it's cannabis. Yes. It's weed. Yes. Yeah. It's marijuana. Yeah, we say it. It's, you know, it's, it's uh, what is it called? Skunkola. What Skunkola. We, we got that scene in there with Jeremy Strong and I. Yeah. All right, so your character is Mickey. All yeah. right, uh, can, you, can you just pitch Mickey to the audience, please? Ah, uh, Mickey, uh, kingpin, uh, marijuana tycoon billionaire trying to retire gracefully. Um, sell his business for a fair price but in this world no one wants to give a fair price and everyone all the little little lion cubs on the outskirts of of, of mickey's kingdom come in there and try to pick my pocket it's so good because i've already um, forgotten a lot of the characters because there are so many brilliant characters yeah. in there and i can't wait to watch it again to focus on somebody different because when a scene opens you focus on i don't know the, the center of the scene from the off and then you figure the peripheral characters and dialogue that's going on you sort of lose that and that's why you have to watch things again to watch the scene differently yeah. and i can't with the china man and all this kind of well, stuff he's, guy always likes a good riddle you know in, in his whodunit stories and um this has a lot of that he, and your character he tries to morally justify why earning hundreds of millions of dollars selling weed is better than than dealing cocaine and heroin and that happens pretty soon in the film yes 
Yeah, Guy and I talked about that. We wanted to. Ma- I wanted to make a, a delineation between that, and I and I think he did too. The difference between that and and and, and selling the heroin. So he sets the record straight um, with the man in the scene about the difference between what he does and what I do. And what was the most enjoyable bit of the movie for you? I mean, the, the the working with Guy was the was the funnest part for me because as we said, you got to be an athlete working with him. You've got to be willing to to find the song and riff and be open to a riff that that he has because oh, you know i'm yes you can prepare and preparing helps but be ready on the day to completely have an entirely different paragraph of dialogue if it's better and a lot of times it is and as you said you can come up with your own stuff and if and, and he's got an ear for that and if he likes it he's like that's it um or, or he'll add on to what you're saying but you better be you, you better be ready on the day don't get locked into anything don't get locked into anything i think that's the key you know the, the more films i've made over the years the more i've realized that the the more pre-rehearsed anything is the more scripted uh, the more preconceived uh, the deader it will be on the uh, and it really uh, on is. the day, and, and really I think is. that's part of why his films work the way they do is because they're minted in the moment. Because well, it gives the, it gives you an edge, you know. If the actors aren't quite sure what's going to happen in the scene, but it's it's good enough for a print, then as a viewer, we're not going to be quite sure because the people who were making it at the time weren't quite sure, and that well, that definitely good. comes across. <laughs> There's a lot of things I know I'm saying up there that when you see them on screen, that's the first and only time I said them. Good, <laughs> that's so cool. How much do you have that little? Um, Bear Paddington to thank for, for for this. Can I call it a renaissance? Am I allowed to do that? Yes, you, yeah, by all means. Do you know uh, what I mean, though, don't you? Well, I yeah, I do, I do. As, as soon as I got, as I've said this before, I, I'm too old and ugly for romantic comedies, um, I got uh, quite interesting part. You know, Florence Foster Jenkins was an interesting part and Paddington 2 was, was a very interesting part and a brilliant film. And then, um, you know, I did Jeremy Thorpe in that uh, BBC series. And suddenly, uh, yes, I, I, I can see a career I could have had uh, <laughs> 20 years ago. But you are having it. And you couldn't have had it 20 years ago because you were too pretty and too posh. Uh, and maybe lazy and cowardly too. Well, here's the thing. Now, I want to talk to you about that. The cowardly bit's interesting because you often, in interviews, you often used to distance yourself from your job by saying it was a bit silly. Um, and I sort of understood that a couple of times, but then you kept on saying, I thought that's a defense mechanism. That's a defense mechanism because he doesn't want to find out how good he is. And now you are finding out how good you are. And how does it feel to have shed that skin? You've been very nice to me. Uh, I, I, it is true, though, that I never really wanted to go into acting. I always thought it was a temporary job back in when I started in the uh, mid-1980s. And I've been meaning to give up ever since. But it's just never quite... Uh, got round to it, but I, you know, I sound ungrateful, and I and I shouldn't be. You don't. People any, have given you, me you brilliant opportunities. I've, you know, Richard Curtis made me rich, and I'm very, very grateful. And I think those films are brilliant. It's all I'm saying is it's been quite nice not to have to fall in love or give anyone a flower for the last. You know, five years. <laughs> Apart from in real life, of course, which is the irony. I did that a lot. I, that is ironic. Yes, <laughs> I did that a lot. Yeah, too. you did. You yeah. had a very, he had a very similar career trajectory, really. Yeah. Uh, at, at one point, because you became quite rom com. Absolutely, for quite a few years. Yeah. Sort of right, right after you, he sort of handed the baton to me. There's a film here, isn't there? There's two guys. <laughs> there's two guys who used to be rom com stars. Yeah. Uh, who are, who discover each other, hang out together, and then the next thing happens, which is the thing they always were meant to do, or wanted to do, or a bit of both. 
Is this it? Uh, who knows, man? Maybe it's time for another rom-com. You and me. <laughs> what about a rom-com? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, so how come you were nearly run over on your way to your wedding? Were you, was it, had you got out of the car? Were you walking to your wedding? Yes, I was walking with my brother to lunch. We were having a lunch before the wedding. Nice. And uh, with the family. It was a very small affair. Uh, that's all. And then uh, it was very nice getting married. I, I, it's another thing I put off too many decades. Very nice, very nice being married. What's the what? What, what was this? Um, what was this sort of antipathy towards th- things that will make you really happy? What, what, <laughs> why? Why did you put that on hold for so long? Well, I was just plain wrong. I was wrong. And children, you know, people. I used to roll my eyes at people saying, "Oh, Hugh, you don't understand." It's, uh, but they're right. And that's that's why you played golf for so long. Yes, of course. Sad. Did you put life on hold, <laughs> golfer? You weren't. You didn't even have the excuse. So your the old bit used to be lower. Oh, oh very, much, yeah. much lower. Yeah. Much lower. Yeah. He used to I live can... and breathe golf. He used to dream golf. You couldn't get into my house for golf devices. I used to watch the Golf Channel every night, and you know every infomercial. I'd start by thinking, what moron would buy that? And two minutes later, I was on the phone. <laughs> yeah, but you <laughs> I said, just only threw them out a couple of weeks you ago. You said you were an amateur, sad, old, angry golfer, but you weren't. You were worse. You were an amateur, sad, young, angry golfer. You were younger. Well, I was in my 40s. Yeah, no, but not really. Yeah. I mean, Jack Nicholson has that great quote about golf, wasn't he? He said he's not going to take it up to these like 60. That's the way round. I know that's, that's how you should do it. That's the way round. I know, I know. I'm aware of that. Have you have, actually, are you tempted to play? Do you still play golf, Matthew? I don't play that often. Just in uh, China. For the same reason that uh, uh, he was saying, I've got three kids and, and uh, other stuff that I'm doing. But golf was my game. I was a four handicap in high oh, school. Oh, good for you. Yeah. Good for you. It's the game I understand the most. Did we you ever get out this week? Oh, that'd be good. Come on, you come with us. You still playing? Yeah, well, I, not very much, but I mean, I, the less I play, the more I enjoy it. I haven't seen you play golf since Dunhill Gate. <laughs> I know. What was that about? <laughs> what was what that about? What did you hear? Well, I <laughs> tell me so what you heard. Bit, people who there was this big uh, competition Interna- pro-am thing, international tournament televised Inter- three days, by the way, up in St Andrews. Yeah. Anyway, there you were. Yeah. With a fifteen handicap. Uh huh. Winning it by about a hundred strokes. Did you win it? Yeah. I and it, yeah. the bitter. I wish I hadn't. <laughs> there were a lot of bitter uh, amateurs. No, so there, were, there must be something dodgy about your hand. Fifteen was a bit liberal. There was a lot of bitter billionaires who usually win it, and we're unhappy that I won it with better than one shot that they won it in last year. Yeah, quite. That's the thing. I was on your side. No, the, I bet, I'm always on your I side. Bet you, I bet you weren't. <sighs> but uh, were you or not? Gun to your head. No, to be honest with you, every year I'd ever done that, the person who won I hated and called a handicap yeah, cheat. Yeah, because, do you know what? I, I, won, I won with a score of 38 under. <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait, three days. I'm sorry to laugh. I did. I won with a score Wait, does of... That means if you're the 15 handicap, you basically shot two over par on three days? Yeah. Oh, so you were sandbagging. No, it. I wasn't sandbagging. You're playing from the Reds? Here's what happens. Here's what happens. You play with a pro, right, and you get his brain... For the three days. So, well, I got my. I had a friendly pro, Nick. Who'd you have? Nick Doherty. Oh, he's a lovely man. Very nice. Man. Yeah. But he read all my puts. Yeah. He told me about all my shots. But I, he didn't make the shots. No. You're telling me his brain 
Because you're handicapped from a 15 to a 2. Yeah, but what I'm not very good at, as you will tell you, is I do have some, I have sort of morsels of talent, right? But I get so excited about life in general, I never really think about what I'm doing. Except on those three so, days. No, so I wanted to make movies, but, but I've ended up being a DJ. It, what, what made it worse, I now remember. <laughs> oh, here we go. Is that you were out <laughs> all night on the lash. Yes. Every night. With you, so well, not only were you <laughs> winning by miles, but you were also having a lot of fun and being kind of cool down with the boys. Yeah, well, what happened was on the third night, before the final day's play, uh, I was going to go to bed early, and Nick Doty said, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to bed early. He said, no, you go out and you do exactly what yes. you did on the Friday, yeah. on the Thursday and the yes. Friday. You have to do that, Chris. I this said, but I, I was, it was 11 pints of Guinness <laughs> and a whiskey chaser with everyone. I can't remember getting back to my room. That's what you have that's to do. It. And that's what I did again. That's it. Keeps that's, the mind simple the next day. That's yeah. the true story. Yeah. Right, you were 50 this year. Congratulations. Happy birthday. Thank you. And you celebrated by doing What? <laughs> what did I do? Uh, my wife kidnapped myself and a hundred of my friends. We went out to the desert for uh, 82 hours. And then what else did I do? Delivered some uh, meals to firefighters out in the West Coast. And then I started, uh, said hello to Instagram. You did say hello to Instagram. And um, that 82 hours, uh, th- there's a bit of a gap there in that story from the first minute to the 82nd oh, hour. Oh, was wonderful. Was yeah, it? yeah. She, was, well, she, she basically put together a miniature festival oh. in the middle of the desert for my 50th birthday. What a laugh. Uh, we had great food. We had uh, revelry, libations. We saw the sunrise twice. Oh. Uh, it was outstanding. It was, it was outstanding. That's all you need to know. Uh, you became a professor of somewhere? Yes, for University of Texas at Austin. What do you do there? Started a, uh, a class about five years ago called Script to Screen. You'll dig this. Uh, you know how different, especially talking about this film, how different the first script is to the final product mm-hmm. that's on screen. So what we do is I'll go work. And we did it. We're doing it with the gentleman. That's the class that's actually we're, we're, uh, we're going through and teaching this semester. So... Guy and his uh, people, we gave everyone in our class, 35 serious film students at the University of Texas, the very first script. They declare what kind of film they think it is. We give them the next script. They talk about the changes. We give them the next, the next, and we give them the shooting script. Then we go in and we break down two scenes that are pivotal in the, in the movie. We show them a first assembly. Then we show them the final film. So they see how much of a difference the original script was from the final film. So we're putting some science behind the magic of movie making. And in, in this movie, especially with your character, Hugh, there's a lot of references to filmmaking. And yeah, that's, that's Guy he, again, isn't it? Well, yeah, I think it probably comes from him. It also makes the character, it's an, it's an interesting new dimension to this private, sleazy private investigator that he's also a big film buff. And when I was doing the costumes, I made up a kind of mood board that wasn't private investigator. It was more uh, film buff. Uh, you know, so I, I look a bit like Fellini, in the uh, my costume, my my sunglasses and all a little that. Bit of Robert Evans. Yeah, a little bit of Robert yeah, Evans. Yeah, a little bit of Robert yeah, Evans. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, talking to Fellini, Dolce Vita's uh, they rerunning it, the BFI on the South Bank in 4HD or something. Are they? Yeah, and it looks magnificent. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Have you seen it? Uh, of course, I've seen it. Yeah, yeah but I haven't seen. seen it. I'd love to go and see that. Awesome film. Uh. Awesome film. Right before you go, um, favorite Christmas film of all time. Favorite Christmas. If film you have one. Of all time. It's a trick question. There's only one answer. Starts with it's and ends in a wonderful life. <laughs> yeah, that's an easy one, though. I'm trying to oh, think of what I'm showing my kids now. I'm, no, I'm trying to think of what I'm Not for kids, kids, by the way. No, the, kid, the kids find it dull. Uh, that is a good one. You can't argue with that. Scrooged? One. You like Scrooge, Bill Murray? Uh, no, that's not, one. that's not my top. Not my top. Not my top. Muppet Christmas Carol? No. Miracle not a Muppet on not a Muppet 34th Man. Street? No, 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 no. no Running no, out now. On that one. Well, growing up. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 
the, the, the Christmas movie was never a Christmas movie. It was just very exciting that The Sound of Music was on. So that's my Christmas movie. I, oh, st- I still love that film. Music. And I was caught mm-hmm. by my wife the other day alone. Here we go. Watching The Sound of Music. Right. This is a woman who comes doing? from the north of Sweden where men are men. Yeah. They barely speak. They chop wood, they carry they're water. Nordic yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they're re- they're, I don't know why she ended up with me. And I think one of the lowest moments so far of our marriage was she caught me watching The Sound of Music by myself singing along with Mother <laughs> Superior to climb every mountain and crying and it, because it was so moving. It's such a, they're such moving words. Were you wearing her underwear? Yes, I was. Uh, that's, the bit, that's the bit I suspected. That's yeah. the hue I know and love. Yeah. Thank you, gentlemen. <laughs> Congratulations. Well done. All right. Thank you. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Thank you for downloading this special extra edition of the best of the Breakfast Show with Sky. And if you haven't already, you can subscribe for free to get our best bits every week.